You're listening to Acts of Impact, the show where we discuss those making a positive difference in the world around us. I'm your host, Nicholas Hill, and on today's episode, I'd like to do something a little different. On today's show, I'd like to tell you a story. This story starts with a man named Jeffrey Barron. My name's Jeffrey. I'm 82 years old. I joined Northampton Borough Police in 1962, uh, amalgamated with the county police, and I've lived in this house for many years, <laughs> but I've spent most of my time in Northampton itself, and I retired the day before my 54th birthday, having spent 32 and a half years in the police force. Well, he joined in um, January 62, to the um, borough police. Well, it amalgamated in um, in sixties to the um, county police. He joined in sixty two, and he retired in September ninety four. So it's a good while ago. That's Jeffrey's wife, Maureen, who lives with and cares for him as Jeffrey suffers from Alzheimer's disease. Now, a man who dedicates thirty two years to protecting his community, Jeffrey is a hero in his own right. And to honor that dedicated service, the police awarded Jeffrey, upon his retirement in 1994, an exemplary service medal. You can imagine the pride Jeffrey must have felt to be awarded such an important symbol of contribution. And from then on, Jeffrey cherished his prized medal and enjoyed retirement with Maureen, his children, and six grandchildren. But that is not where our story ends. Because just last year, in December of 2021, Jeffrey's house was ransacked by thieves. We were we were we stayed out overnight. We went to a wedding, and when we came back, oh, it was dreadful. Three of the doors were smashed in, and they'd um, gone upstairs and ransacked and taken jewelry, passports, uh, driving licenses, you name it. But jewelry, passports, and driver's licenses weren't the only thing the thieves stole that day. They also stole Jeffrey's Exemplary Service Medal. Now, you might be wondering, like I was, who would be dumb enough to go into a police officer's home, see a medal with his name engraved on it, and steal that police officer's medal? But despite losing several other items of value, Jeffrey was most upset about losing this medal of such deep, sentimental worth. Jeffrey did, he did keep saying, you know, I've lost my medal, I've lost my medal. And in the end, I told a little fib. I said, no, 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 you haven't. It's upstairs, thinking I hope he doesn't want to ask where it is. He was absolutely distraught when it was stolen. Now, for thousands of burglary victims, this would sadly be where the story ends. But when we return, we'll meet environmentalist and magnet fisherman Dave Sonic Jordan, who gives this story a rather attractive turn of events. Let's get started. Have you ever dropped something into dark water? I have. Way too many times. You'd think I would have learned my lesson the first time? Definitely not. I've dropped my first GoPro in the lake, never to be seen again, 
my second GoPro into a river. Luckily, we found that one. And just three weeks ago, I dropped my iPhone 12 Pro into the lake while trying to clean up the river. So it was extremely surprising to find out that there's an entire group of people who use magnets to pull metal objects from the bottoms of these waterways. They're called magnet fishermen, and I was honored to meet one such person, Dave Sonic Jordan. Dave has a YouTube channel called Adventures with Sonic and Friends, where he posts his magnet fishing adventures every week. But on top of being an active part of that community, Dave is also an environmentalist who cleans up the waterways in which he's fishing. Dave has been cleaning up these waterways for over nine years and actively inspires other magnet fishermen to do the same. It's all started because when I put my magnet in, I can't, I'm not comfortable enough if there's cans floating past and stuff. I have to pick that up first. So that's where it has started. The whole journey started from that. But not many other magnet fishers, especially people with channels and stuff, was doing this. So when I come along and started filming it, it put like a bomb underneath the community and everybody started picking up bags of rubbish and that while they're there. And the saying is now, leave the place better than what you found it. So there's, there is a lot of us in a community doing the magnet fishing and stuff like that. But it's really a, a new thing to want to rejuvenate the whole area and pick up all the rubbish while you're at it. Now, the enormous benefits of picking up these waterways can't be overstated. And in fact, Dave has personally seen that cleaning up these areas can lead to wildlife and environmental rejuvenation in many cases. You could pull out a pile of rubbish and you could go back there a, a month or two later and it'd be exactly the same and you're just fighting a losing battle. But then there are other places that you clean it out and people get the message and they manage to keep on top of it. And then suddenly you started seeing more squirrels and more swans and then you see the fish come back and it's just generally more, more wildlife comes back to the area. One thing I loved about talking with Dave is that he is adamant about wildlife restoration. He even went so far as to involve his local counselor and even the media sometimes to ensure the safety of these waterways. And I've also got my local counselor involved. She is well behind what we're doing. So if I ever get any problems with it, I can call her and she puts the boot in and then it gets cleared within a day or two. One day we turned out, we, I called the radio and the pile was picked up within half an hour. And not only is Dave picking up trash and helping to rejuvenate the environment in these areas, he's also chasing the thrill of never knowing what he'll find next. I asked Dave about the excitement of magnet fishing and about some of his more unique finds. I pulled out a Beretta 9mm before now, and that was the same day we pulled out an 18-pound bomb as well from the war. So we called the police because the gun looked just too new. So the police turned up. They, we put the bomb in the bucket of water, got it away from the people, and the bomb squad were turning up. So... They took the gun away and they called me on the way home and the 9mm was fireable and loaded. They also informed me that the 18-pound bomb was a World War I anti-tank, so, yeah, and it was live. 
it was still live after all this time it'd been in the water. And oh. I imagine that, I mean, the, the bomb wouldn't have been put in there any time since World War One. That would have been off the bombs. But the gun was, if that had been in there the same amount of time, I'd have known. But I reckon it was put in there in the last year or whatever. So imagine the time difference, and yet I found them in the same spot. You couldn't write a book. You can't write a book. Now, although you might think it's really exciting to find a gun and a bomb in the same day, England actually has really strict laws about the transportation of weapons. So Dave had to be really careful here and make sure to get the police involved immediately. The information they gave me was if I'd have, even if I'd have called the police and told them I was coming and put it in my car to take it to them, if, if we'd have got caught on the way to the police station, even with that call logged, I would still risk five years in prison. Now, before you start trolling waterways for long-lost World War II weapons, you should know that finds like these are incredibly rare, and a lot of what Dave pulls up is not quite as exciting. The way I like to say it is it's 100% getting it out of the environment. It shouldn't be there. It's helping out the, the wildlife and all that. It's 90% scrap and rubbish. It's, you just got to get it out, get rid of it, call the scrap man, put it in the bin, whatever. It's 10% interesting. I could find a candelabra. I could find somebody's bag of tools that they've dropped in off a boat or something. You just never know. I could find phones in it. It's 1% really exciting. Guns and bombs, call the police. But for Dave, it isn't just about the excitement of finding something interesting. It's also about the community and the friends that Dave has made along the way. My channel is Adventures with Sonic and Friends. So my friends can be different people. They pop in and out. Sometimes I put the call out and different people call and come and help. So we do have a community of all different magnet fishing groups. It's a safety thing as much as it's a fun thing. It's fun to be around other people. You can hold up a fire extinguisher and go, oh, wow. But unless there's somebody next to you going, oh, wow. But it doesn't really feel. But the safety aspect is if you get stuck on something, you've got two people to pull on a boat. One such friend that Dave was recently magnet fishing with was a young man named Ryan Davenport who joined Dave on a recent adventure to search for treasures in the River Neen. They had been pulling things out of the water in Northampton for just 30 minutes when Ryan made an incredible find. I was out looking for a local fishing, magnet fishing spot around my train station in Northampton. And when I was walking up the river and I'm looking up, oh, well, that's not a place to spot. We, we can stand there. We can. And as I'm walking up, I see a massive pile of rubbish. There's sofas, there's trolleys, there's a massive dumping site, and all hidden by the trees and that. So I put the call out within two weeks. I put the call out on Facebook, and there were a handful of people who said they'd come and help. Notably was a friend of mine who's... Also, Magnet Fisher, they've got a YouTube channel as well. They, they don't film quite as much. They're not quite as ADHD as I am. So they wanted to fish with me. So it was him and his boy, his 15-year-old boy, Ryan. They came down. We cleared all the rubbish. We spent about four or five hours clearing all these sofas and everything out of the water and that stuff. And then 
when all that was cleared up, there were a couple of people left. So there was four of us left magnet fishing afterwards. That's when the medal came out. It was in a box and the boy literally like, well, I found a box and he came over to me to open it. So we've opened it up and it's a medal inside. A police, long service, good conduct medal. So this would have been given out in retirement. We've managed to clean it up enough because it was very muddy. Mud had got all inside the case and the bag and that. So we managed to clean it up enough so we could see the name was written around the edge, around the rim of the medal. Now, if you're following along, you probably already know the name written on the medal that Dave and Ryan found that day. It was that of our retired police officer, Jeffrey Barron. And luckily, once you have someone's name, they're pretty easy to find. I found the owner that night. They were still around. He had Alzheimer's, so I was speaking to his partner, Maury, and it turned out that this medal had been stolen over a year ago in a house burglary, and their safe was taken, a load of other stuff was taken, jewelry and stuff. But the one thing that they were upset losing was this medal because it was the only thing that could not be replaced. Dave was able to make that once-in-a-lifetime phone call to let Maureen know her husband's medal had been found and would be returned to him again. They were over the moon to get a phone call from me to say that we found it. (laughs) It was quite funny, really, because um, when he phoned up, he said it was David Jordan and that... um, he, he litter picked and uh, magnet fished. And I'm thinking, where's this leading? He's going to sell me something. I'm not. I'm going. To, I was nearly going to put the phone down, and then he said, No, no, I'm not. I'm not telling you anything. I just want to tell you that I found this this medal, and on the side of the medal, it's got Jeffrey J. Barron. And I said, That's my husband's. I said, Really? So he said, Yes. I said, oh, my goodness, I could not believe it. I said, we had a burglary last December. I said, his watch and the the medal, apart from other things, were stolen, and we never thought that he would actually get it again. That following weekend, Dave and Ryan were able to meet with Maureen and Jeffrey, and the two men were personally able to hand Jeffrey back his medal. I really am shaking. Hopefully you can get it professionally cleaned and the ribbon and the box redid so it'd be back to normal. Hi, I'm Ryan, and uh, this medal is uh, very special to this person for being in the um, police and service for 35 years. It was not long ago that it kind of got stolen. It got burgled from the house and didn't see it for, it for a long time. And this very moment here right now, I found it, and we've managed to find the owner and give it back to the owner. It feels wonderful to get this back. Never thought I'd see it again. It hit me hard at the time, but uh, I'm so pleased to get it back. To have had this medal 35 years old, and then to lose it, and it means so much to him, and to to get it back. Put it this way, Maureen said that somebody had offered to replace the ribbon on it. And her response was, well, I'd love to, but you've got to get it off him first. Oh, it's um, it's actually by the side of the chair where he sits. It's in a pitiful state. I'm afraid I'm going to have to get it cleaned and a new ribbon put on. But it's wonderful having it back. So with the medal returned to its rightful owner, 
and Maureen and Jeffrey overjoyed. I asked Dave, what is the lesson in all of this? Was it just random chance? What can we take away from this find? The work that went in to find it was just immense. We weren't just walking along doing a bit of litter picking and saw a medal. This was hours and hours of work. The way we found it was just a needle in a haystack. It was a million to one shot. And where is Dave now? Well, you can follow him on his YouTube channel, Adventures with Sonic and Friends. And by the way, his channel is getting quite popular now. Less than 30, well, less than 20 now away from a thousand subs. And I've only been doing it a little over a year on the YouTube. So it's, I never expected it would get this fast, this quickly. It took me a long time to actually start my YouTube. It, fame and acclamation is not what I'm doing it for. But if I've inspired a few other people, and there's a lot of kids that are hanging on to the channels every words, and I'm getting sent little snippets of videos of little five-year-olds going ding, ding, walking down the road with a little picker. And it brings my heart. Oh, I'm just, I'm just so overjoyed. That, that is my message getting out there. And that's what I enjoy talking to people about what I do. Dave, we have greatly enjoyed talking to you as well. And we at Acts of Impact wish you, Jeffrey, Maureen, and Ryan, the best of luck and a wonderful holiday season. Today's show was directed and produced by me, with music from Alex Grohl. Special thanks to our guests for their time and insight. If you liked today's episode, please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and consider leaving a review, as it will help us to spread the word about the show. You can view more information about today's episode online at actsofimpact.com. Thanks for listening.